Welcome to the ICANN Podcast, the podcast of the Indiana Catholic Conference. The Indiana Catholic Conference is the official public policy voice of the Catholic bishops of Indiana. Welcome back to the ICANN Podcast. This is Alexander. And Angela, I've returned. And we are so happy to be back this week, and we're going to talk about what's going on down at the State House. For those of you who didn't tune in this past week, we are now uh, have a partnership, a beautiful partnership with Catholic Radio Indy, and so these episodes will be aired uh, on the weekends, and we're we're very excited to have that additional exposure. So to all of you who are listening on Catholic Radio Indy, welcome to the work of the Indiana Catholic Conference. Uh, for those of you who are curious, for our usual podcast listeners, of how you can listen in on Catholic Radio Indy, it's 89.1, uh, 90.9, I'm sorry, 89.1 on the west side of Indy to Terre Haute, 90.9 in Hamilton County, 89.5 on the south side of Indy all the way to Columbus, Indiana, and then 98.3 up in Anderson. So to get us started this week, we're going to talk about Senate Bill 248, and we've covered that in another podcast, in a lot of our communications. And uh, Angela, what is 248, just briefly, and then we'll talk about what happened with it. 248 is the driving card bill, which would allow a non-citizen or an undocumented person to prove that they know how to operate a vehicle, they're financially responsible, and then uh, they pass those steps, then they would be issued a driving card for one year. And the card would only be for the purpose of driving. It would not be for identification in order to vote or anything like that. And this bill has come up in various forms, uh, or the language in this bill has come up in various forms over the last few years. But this time it got a hearing and it passed out of the committee five to four. Mm-hmm. So the ICC testified in support of that bill. And if we're not going to go into all of our, our reasoning for supporting it today, but if you want to know that, please go to our website and check out our action alert we have uh, up there right now that, that goes through with the, the church's teaching and sort of why we're, we're supporting this bill. So next one we're going to talk about is House Bill 1547. This one got a hearing for the first time this week, and the ICC testified in opposition. So can you tell us a little bit about what... Fifteen forty seven is a bill that deals with loans and financing, and we look at it as um, usury. It's a little bit different from in the past. We've talked about payday loans. Um, We have been asking in payday loans for uh, interest rate of 36%, which for those out there, that's high, extremely high. Um, this bill, in the language, it talks about 36%, but when you do the math, it actually is more than 36%. So mm-hmm. there are some people saying, oh, you're getting what you asked for. Why are you complaining? Uh, Alexander testified uh, against this bill. Why are we complaining since it says 36%, Alexander? Mm-hmm. So there's this step rate that exists in current law, which really, once you get above, I think it was $2,400 in a loan, um, that step rate would be eliminated. And what that step rate did was it, it, it really, you could charge a maximum of, I think it was 22, 25% on a loan. So what this bill would do is it create additional product 
and it would eliminate that step rate and would make everything 36%. So it's because of that, we think that this would make these kinds of loans um, less affordable for people who need them. And that's really where our, um, our justification for opposing this comes in is we see this as something that makes things more expensive. Probably, I would venture to say not exorbitantly Right, it's it's not a it's not a um, uh, a ninety nine percent APR charged from an out of state lender, and while I'm mentioning that, that's something that it seems that there's this concern that people are going to out of state lenders and online lenders for these extremely exorbitant rates, ninety nine percent, etc. And we want to be. I think we're everybody's generally aware of that, but but. The, the Catholic Conference and others who are advocating alongside us uh, don't see the solution to that being adding an additional product also that's making things more expensive. And just to talk briefly about what does the church think about this, there's, there's such a, um, a, a depth in the, the church's teaching on the preferential option for the poor probably heard us talk about that before. And I'm going to read one quote from Pope Benedict in his letter, encyclical letter, Caritas in Veritate, which means charity and truth. And I think this really sums up in a, in a succinct paragraph. What does the church think about the regulation of the financial sector for these vulnerable populations? So it says this, the regulation of the financial sector so as to safeguard weaker parties and discourage scandalous speculation should be further explored and encouraged, highlighting the responsibility of the investor. He goes on to say, this is all the more necessary in these days when financial difficulties can become severe and many of the more vulnerable sectors of society, excuse me, many of the more vulnerable sectors of the population should be protected from the risk of usury. So, this, and this isn't the only um, quote that I could pull out, but I think it was one that really highlighted where the church's heart is on this matter. Yeah. And the church and we in our testimony, we are not anti-business. We are not against people making uh, or industry and corporations making a profit. But when you do it to the point where you cripple people or you put them in a situation where they're in a perpetual cycle and not able to get ahead... Um, then that's a problem. And so sometimes, actually during the committee meeting, the question will come up, like, if we, um, if we aren't offering this other product for folks who need a loan, um, and they're going to turn to this higher interest loan out of state or um, online, what are we doing? What is our response to that? And I think it, it would be fair for us to say that the idea would be that all loans, especially for this vulnerable population, are made out of charity, out of a desire to help and not to make any profit whatsoever. We recognize that that is the ideal, and that's what the church would really want. However, um, I think our, our maybe more realistic ideal would be a partnership between the church and nonprofit organizations, community organizations, and, and private lenders who are well-regulated, um, who can all work together to serve the needs of this population. And especially, we, we always wanna be careful that those rates that they're being charged um, are not too high. And I think we feel like this one is, is making things 
just out of out of reach for them. And we heard testimony um, in Ohio, um, similar programs. Their rate is at twenty two percent, and then there are some not for profits that are partner partnering um, to give a vulnerable populations loans, and there are around sixteen and eighteen percent, and their default rate is only three to five percent. And so the argument that it's, oh, we have to charge these high amounts because it's risky, a 3 to 5% default rate is not horrible. And they're able to keep their programs going, charging almost half of an interest rate. So we will continue to watch this um, and see how it all plays out. Mm-hmm. And just one last note on this. Uh, we we want to make sure that if there's anything in these bills that – um, we think would be helpful for our, our neighbors in need, we're, we would highlight that, we would support that, we'd say this is a good provision, right? So we're always looking at are those things in this bill that we might be opposing overall. Um, but say something where uh, they're required to report loans to a, uh, the, the, you know, the credit bureau so that they can increase their credit score, things like that. We're always supportive of them. We just want to make sure everybody's aware of that. Yeah. Well, that's an excellent segue. The next bill that we testified or gave information about, (laughs) we were there to testify but uh, ran out of time. Um, There are good things and bad things in the bill. And that bill number is? That's 1568, which would, uh, the short version of, of what this bill does is it will allow pharmacists to prescribe contraceptives. And it, the bill, as it stands now, mentioned two types of contraceptives, both the uh, hormonal pill and the patch. And just hearing that title um, on Catholic Radio, you can think, well, there's a lot that sounds funny about that bill. One, you know, contraceptives being dispensed. Um, the church is against contraceptives if it's used to prevent birth. Um, we are aware that there are people who use them, use um, hormonal interventions for a variety of different reasons. But then the second part that some people might say, well, why would you get a prescription from someone who isn't a doctor? And you know, while you might have respect for pharmacists and might be a pharmacist yourself or someone in your family and you know that they are trained and skilled in a variety of different areas, um, this can be problematic. Also, there's concerns about the woman's health. Um, pharmacists might not know family history, and there is provision in the law for them for the pharmacist to be trained, and for the woman to fill out fill out a checklist. Um, but that's still not the same as having a personal relationship with a doctor and a doctor who would know how these hormones are going to interact with this woman the current medications and her family history. And so we have concerns with this bill on a lot of different levels. Mm-hmm. And it um, was, a vote was not taken on it um, this week and it'll be up next week and amendments will be added. An important amendment that we're looking for is to make sure that um, pharmacists cannot prescribe um, any type of medication that would promote abortions. And so um, that's supposed to be added. If you are a pharmacist or have pharmacists in your family and 
Yeah, I encourage you to think about this and contact your lawmakers if you don't think this is a good idea or you're, you know, you're not comfortable with prescribing at, at all. Um, when you don't know, a, you know, a patient's background. Um, there's also questions about the training, how long, how it's going to take place. Again, if you're a pharmacist, you know, do you have the time for this additional training? And do you know what it's going to consist of? Um, so there are mm-hmm. a lot of questions. Um, so far, we haven't heard a lot of pharmacists who are supportive of this. Mm-hmm. And so. If you happen to be a pharmacist listening and, and you're not supportive of this, We've actually had a handful of letters from pharmacists who oppose this, and what we can do, we can act as a channel for getting those le- letters to the right place, um, if you'd like us to. So we're we're happy to uh, to uh, rec- we'd be happy to receive those from you, and you can just email those to us at icc at archindy.org. Also, if this is your first time listening and you're listening um, through Catholic Radio Indy. Um, again, go to our website and see what we're doing. It's indianacc.org. Mm-hmm. We have all of our, our action alerts up on our Take Action page. And then also we have our weekly ICANN report that goes out, and that's listed in our two different locations on our website, underneath ICANN reports, but also underneath news and updates. And feel free to sign up for those too mm-hmm. if you don't have time to listen to our podcast, then you can go to our website and through those ICANN reports, find out what's gone on for the week. Thank you again for tuning in this week. We're so happy that you listened in, whether uh, as a podcast listener or on Catholic Radio Indy. And we hope you listen in again next week. God God bless. bless.